Welcome to One Cause Church. Here is another inspirational message from Senior Pastor Eric Holler. All right, you got your Bibles? Well, if you don't, it's fine. We got a screen up, up here for you. And uh, we're going to go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and begin reading in verse 23. But really what we're going to get our thoughts from today is going to be in 3 John. But I've just titled today's message, God Rest Your Soul. God, I want you to turn to somebody and tell them, God rest your soul. It's not something to just be said at a funeral, all right? This is for life. This is for your life right here on the earth. God rest your soul. So, uh, but first, we want to look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 23, where Paul says, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Spirit, soul, and body. So you understand that you are a spirit. Say, I am a spirit. I have a soul. And I live in a body. Your soul is, be, is that which is made up of your mind and your will and your emotions. And you and your soul live in this body. But you are, the essence of who you are is the spirit. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And the combination of your spirit and your soul is what makes up your heart or what makes you, you. And Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says that the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. That's a sharp sword. Soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, which has to do with the body and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So what we understand, the word of God coming into your life then is going to be able to affect you, spirit, soul, and body, and give you understanding also about your spirit, your soul, and your body. And we need to understand that. I, you know, I was, I'm a pastor's kid, but I still, for many years, did not have understanding of the Scriptures. You know, I'd get over and read some of Paul's writings, and, and, I, and I would just, I mean, just like loose focus, just blur out and go, oh, okay, I don't know what that means. Maybe someday I'll know. And just kind of leave it there. Or just skip over it and just keep moving. I know, I know none of you do that, but that was my issue. And uh, so I, uh, it was a struggle for me for many years. But when I started to understand m- the makeup of man, how we're made and created in God's image, and how throughout Scripture there are times when it is dealing specifically with that of the flesh, with that of the spirit, and with that of the soul. And Scripture began, began to open up to me much clearer. Oh, okay. So there's many times you have to look at the audience that is being addressed, not only just in spirit, soul, and body, but also Jews and Gentiles, the church, um, the old covenant versus the new covenant. And so to give you proper understanding, I mean, I think maybe you can relate to this. There are days when you're reading the Bible and man, everything's so good. Everything's so encouraging. The next day you read scriptures, you wish to God you'd never seen, right? I mean, they hit on something. You're like, oh man, I wish I hadn't seen that. Turn the other cheek. Hmm, maybe, maybe not. Depends on, depends on who it is. But it's those kinds of the scriptures that continue to challenge you. And, you know, as I, I was telling the earlier service, one of the scriptures that used to confuse me like crazy was found in 1 John, 1 John chapter 1 and 1 John chapter 3. 1 John chapter 1 says, in verse 8 says, if we say we have no sin, we're lying and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Well, that's nice. Two chapters later, though, you get into 1 John chapter 3, and he says, whatever is born of God, along verse 9, whatever is born of God does not sin. 
And uh, he cannot sin because his seed remains in him. I'm thinking, well, it, uh, okay, I cannot sin, I don't sin. But 1.8 says, if I don't admit that I do sin, then I'm a liar. Well, which is it, John? So if you're reading that just on the surface, it looks contradictory until you understand the audience or the specific part of man that's being addressed. Whatever's born of God does not sin. Well, your flesh ain't born of God. Your flesh is born of your mama. But that which is born of God does not sin. So you understand that your spirit is perfectly whole. You are complete in him. You are justified by faith in Jesus. So you are a whole new creation in Christ. And all that is known in the spirit. Now this flesh has still got some catching up to do. And someday it will. You'll be glorified. You'll receive a new body. But in the meantime, there's the struggle in life. The flesh versus the spirit. They're contrary to one another. And they will never agree while you're on this earth. So... You have to understand then, okay, so the flesh then is where the sin is found. Paul made that very clear in Romans chapter 7. He said, I find then a law, evil is present with me, the one who wants to do good. That is, I find the sin is in the members of this body. And so the body does not want to perform what the spirit is saying. So they're contrary to one another. But you are a spirit. Say, I am a spirit. So you're not just flesh and bone. You're, you're, you're so much more than that. Because, you know, there's life beyond. You can live without your body, but your body can't live without you. And, and when you leave this earth, I mean, after this body perishes and after it grows old and, and goes into the ground, well, you're going to continue to live and enjoy eternity with the Lord as a believer in Jesus. But this in itself is a very interesting journey, learning about our spirit and our soul and body, especially if you're, you're new in your relationship with God or new to the kingdom of God. It's all a process. And... Uh, Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. I'm grateful for that. So we understand that there's so much more to our life than just what we experience in this body. And though our spirit is, is going to continue to live in our soul, but right now it is also connected to this natural world in this body. I want to look at 3 John chapter 1, verse 2. It's only one chapter. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your Soul prospers. Uh, the King James says, I, I, Beloved, I, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health. Actually, King James would say that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Even as your soul. So you understand that your life then, prosperity and health in your life, is indicative of the prosperity of your soul. Your soul prospers, your life prospers. So what is the soul? It's that realm of your mind and your will and your emotions. And imagine of all the things that John, this is John, this is John, the John, the closest friend that Jesus had on planet earth. As a matter of fact, when Jesus was hanging on that cross, he handed over the care of his mother to John. And it says, from that day forward, Mary went to live with John. He took care of her. All right, so this is a man that Jesus loved dearly. As a matter of fact, John knew that because that's what he wrote of himself, the disciple that Jesus loved. I love his confidence in that. I mean, we understand he understood love like no other disciple did. He really did. He said, and this is love, not that we love God, but that he first loved us, and there is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out all fear because fear involves torment. But you're made perfect in this perfect love. You're made complete in this perfect love. So much so that you can have boldness in the day of judgment. Imagine that. That's why John didn't run when all the other disciples did. He understood he was loved. That's why he was still there at the foot of the cross. Because he was basking in the love of his Savior. And there was no fear in that. 
of all the things that he, who walked with Jesus, I mean, he's on the, in the inner circle with Jesus Christ himself, walking and talking with him, watching him minister for three and a half years. Of all the things that he could pray, above all things, I pray that this would be your reality, that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. He could have prayed for wisdom for you, for understanding, for revelation, for knowledge, but he takes time to say, I pray that you may prosper and be in health even as your so prosperous. That makes me want to pay attention to really what he's saying. Why is he saying this? Why is this important? Why is he saying this above all things? The word prosper here is a big word. Now, it does mean to be financially blessed and, and, and prosperous. That, that's, that's part of it, and that's good, and that is God's plan. But it also means to, let me just give you some of the definitions, to be successful in business affairs. All right, for you business people here, that's, this is your word. All right, pray above all that you would be successful in your business affairs. To lead by a direct and easy way. It also means that you have a good, safe journey through life. Oh, that's nice. I pray above all things that you have a good, safe journey through life and be in health, even as your soul is led in a good, safe journey. So, And all that's going to happen as your soul does. So, so many people are struggling, I mean really struggling in life because their souls, because their minds and their wills and their emotions are just jacked up. They're, they're all out of sorts. And so they struggle and struggle and struggle through life. I want to show you uh, this morning just two qualities, two qualities I, I believe that will give you uh, a prosperous and a healthy soul. Will that help you today? All right. Uh, I think it will. Well, let me say this. One will give you a healthy and prosperous soul. The other one will screw your soul up, <laughs> okay? So um, let me ask you this. How, how, do, how do you feel about this church service today? How about the worship? Did you like the worship, or was it, was it, was it too long? Was it, was it too short? Was it too loud? Was it too quiet? Did we hear too many female singers this morning? All right. Huh? How about I mean how about how about that? What what about just your impression of, of things here? What what about ISIS? <laughs> All right, we won't even touch the election. We'll just keep on moving. But my my point is this: all of us here today have opinions, and if we took time and this morning we're not going to. Uh, to ask you different opinions about some of the questions I asked about the service today, we'd have a we'd cover the gamut of opinions about church. And believe me, as a pastor, I get plenty of opinions about how church should be run. It's interesting. I don't go around to people and, and go to their business and tell them how to run that, but I'm always being told how I should be doing the church. It's interesting to me. Anyway, <laughs> even if you drive from from McKinney and you drive over to Allen and Plano. Richardson, Dallas, and if you, from city to city, you're going to see that opinions radically change from city to city, even in one city, from one side to the other. In our pursuit to have healthy and prosperous souls, should we listen to every opinion? And, and should we always give our opinion? <laughs> a healthy soul pays attention to, and a healthy soul looks for, the difference between opinion and godly counsel and wisdom. Did you hear me? I said a healthy soul is always looking for the difference between the 
opinion and opinion and godly counsel and wisdom. I mean, so many people today are marinated in their opinions. And you'll never see anyone, anywhere, anytime build anything on opinions. You can't build a marriage on opinions. <laughs> Your opinions, men, uh, um, yeah, are now her opinions. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, you, you should have better amen me than that, but I said your opinions are now her opinions. Uh, you can't build your life, you can't build your career, you can't build a church, you can't build anything on opinions. Opinion is everywhere, and it is loud, and it's strong in the earth. And let me just say this, there's nothing wrong with you and I having opinions. We're all entitled to it. Is that right? Uh, but, but building and having a good, safe journey through life is about godly wisdom and godly counsel. It's not based on opinion. So I want you to think about this. I want you to ask yourself these questions. Number one, what are, concerning any opinion you have, should I have this opinion? Number two, should I share this opinion? And number three, am I being driven by this opinion? Is my life being driven by this opinion? Or am I being established by godly wisdom and godly counsel? And this is something that has really changed over the last few years thanks to the internet and social media, which in many, can be a great thing, can be a great platform, but unfortunately many times it's used uh, and abused. But not only do many feel compelled to express their own opinions. Uh, are we in the same country here today? We all have seen this, right? I mean, let's just, let's just turn on two different major news networks. Hmm? You can watch Fox News for 10 minutes, flip over to CNN for 10 minutes, go back over to Fox, go to MSNBC, and you're going to be crazy by the time you finish doing that. <laughs> but not only do they feel compelled to express their opinions, but they think that you are now required to agree with it. And if you don't, you are a bigot, you're a racist, you're a hater, hmm? you're narrow-minded. When did we come to this place that we can't simply be entitled to our own opinion? We all have the right to our own opinion. But, but because opinion has come to the forefront of so many people's souls, their whole lives are being driven and governed by it. They're polluted by it, driven by it. So, whew. so far, uh, hopefully you're under the same opinion that this is a good teaching and maybe this is helping you. <laughs> Romans chapter 12, let's look at verse 16. Be of the same mind toward one another. Do not set your mind on high things, but associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own opinion. Proverbs says it like this, be not wise in your own eyes. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 7. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. There's a difference between wise and godly counsel and our opinions. So Jesus warns us about the world's opinion and teaches us that there's a difference between that and what God has brought to us. And I want us all, I want us all to be established by godly wisdom and counsel. I want you all to be living by the word and, and not driven by opinion. You know, I have people ask me, and I've had people ask me through the years, especially during times, election time, Pastor, how come you don't 
talk about candidates and how come you don't talk about politics, first of all, that's not my job to do that. I'm not going to bring opinions to this pulpit. This is a place where the Word of God must be preached. Amen? I would do this a great disservice and do you a great disservice if I made this a political platform. All right? Now, if you want to ask me out in the parking lot, I'll certainly tell you. Hmm? We can have that conversation, but I'm not going to pollute the pulpit with man's opinions. All right? And are you grateful for that today? That, because here's the thing. I'm convinced of this gospel. I'm convinced that the gospel is what we need to hear. What is this gospel? Christ died for our sins, according to the Scriptures. He was buried. He rose again the third day, according to the Scriptures. And whoever calls on Him, whoever believes on Him, will be saved. And I believe that in this gospel is everything that we need in life. We don't need more opinions. We need godly wisdom, and we need godly counsel. Because that's what establishes your life. That's what puts you on the rock and gets you off of the shifting sand. All right, so that you can truly build something that lasts. Because you're a part of a kingdom that cannot be shaken. And my family, Jesus Christ said, I will build my church. And being in the church and being a part of the church, you are being a part of something that will always be. It can never fail. Jesus' construction project will never fail. Oh, I thank God. See, contrary to religious and thinking and legalistic thinking and whatever these guys do over these uh, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, bozos. Yeah, anyway. That's the word. <laughs> Put on, on, on uh, the church about how the church is going to be falling away from God and and, whoa, 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 hang on a second, hang on a second. No, 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 that's not, that's not the church. That's not the church at all. It's not what the scripture teaches us, all right? Jesus Christ is building this thing. It's not going to fail. We're not going home with a moan. We're going out with a shout, yeah. amen. Yeah. And he's coming back for a glorious church, yeah. not an apostate church, Amen. This is the greatest thing in, in planet Earth. You are part of the greatest thing on planet Earth. Amen. It cannot and it will not fail because the Scripture says the counsel of the Lord stands forever. The plans of His heart to all generations. That's why I have a solemn duty, a solemn call from God and responsibility for Him, from Him and for you to preach the Word to you. Paul, Paul kind of makes it this ominous statement in the very last letter that he wrote to his son Timothy and to all preachers, he said this, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Wow. Yes, sir. If you're going to say it like that, I don't have a choice. Because I believe that if you get the word inside of you, the word that continues to come. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. That is, hearing the word of God preached or declared. This is how faith comes. And if faith will come, if you'll believe this word, if you'll believe this word, then you'll see the fruit of this word in your life. And guess what? I know this will affect how you vote. It'll affect how you live, how you behave, how you think, how you treat your spouse, how you raise your kids, because I'm here to give you something that is building your life. Amen? Amen. Amen. I thank God for his word. I thank God for his word. My opinions changed. They've changed through the years. And I was so set on them. I mean, come on, you know what I'm talking about. You've been so set on an opinion. And then today you think, wow, I don't even think like that anymore. I don't believe that at all. 
Right? I used to preach, I used to love preaching that you're cursed with a curse if you don't tithe. I mean, that's like the preacher's favorite sermon. <laughs> and I'm just dragging people right under the old covenant. Well, we had good offerings. <laughs> hey, I, I, I mean, listen, I, we, uh, we had a... I served a pastor a few years, several years ago, who told people they were going to hell if they didn't tithe. Wow, that's bold. Not true, but your opinions change. Your opinions change. When when I first met Heather, um, I've told you this story before, but our first, our very first date, our very first date, we went and saw Pelican Brief. And then we made out behind the theater. (laughs) And then we went and had coffee. And we went to this place. I shouldn't have told that that part of the story then. Anyway. Well, you know what? I have to tell you what my dad told me years ago. He said, son, it's great that, you know, I think it's important that you marry a godly woman. And he said, but you need to make sure she's a good kisser. So I had to make sure. Just following my dad's advice. They, they, you, know, you know, it's like if you kiss a bad kisser, you, no, no, I don't want to deal with that the rest of your life, for sure, right? So, that's godly counsel, that's not opinion. <laughs> so we went, to, we went to a place called The Kettle, which is kind of like Denny's or anything like that, and we were having going to have some coffee. Well, this waitress knew me because I had a band at that time, and, and after we'd play our, our shows, we'd come in from the bars real late at night and sit there and have coffee. And so she knew how I liked my coffee, and I liked about, oh, seven or eight cups of that cream, that liquid cream in it, you know. So she comes, brings a whole bowl of that cream, and she sets two, co- our two coffees down. Well, this girl right here just picks up the black coffee and goes to drinking it. And I'm like... I can't, she can't drink manlier coffee than me. So I changed my opinion about how I drink coffee and started drinking it black from that day forward. Your opinions change. Your opinions change, but the Word of God never changes. See, that's why when we do church the way we do, and the church is, you know, it's, it's shifted through the years. You know, the music has changed, and thank God it's needed to change through the years, right? I mean, uh, because the next generation is bringing in a new sound all the time. And I'm grateful to God to be a part of a church that understands that and that we're not sold out to, oh, it's got to be this way and this has got to be this way. No, listen, our, our method changes a lot. The message is what is sacred. The message is what never changes. It is the one cause that we are gathered around, the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. It changes everything. And, and so you have to keep coming back. You have to keep coming back to this in your own life, to keep your life centered, to keep your life established, to keep your life grounded. What does the scripture say? What does the scripture say? And choose and determine that you're going to live your life that way. By the word of God, solely by the word of God, and not live and be driven by opinion of you, of your, your opinion or any man's opinion. Amen. Because there is a greater reality. Thank God he's brought us truth that sets us free. Opinions, opinion, people use opinions to bully others. Opinions can bind you. 
And you know, you know I found that this is the truth. A person that lives the smallest life usually has the loudest opinion. All right. True. You know, you hear stuff all the time. And people like to, that are extremely opinionated or have a cause will try to gather other, people's in their, other people in their cause. You know, I've had people through the years tell me, and Heather has too, we've both experienced this, and maybe you have in your business or life or whatever it may be, somebody says, uh, Pastor, everybody's been saying this. But you know what I found out? Everybody's usually two people. Amen. Every one might be three, but that's it. I don't want to be opinion-driven. I want to be established in godly counsel. Amen. Elijah asked the Israel, he said, how long will you stand between two opinions? If the Lord is God, then serve him. If this idol, Baal, is God, then serve him. And the people didn't answer him a word. God's word is not filled with opinions. It's, it's his counsel. I want to give you two more verses of Scripture as we're Coming in for a landing now. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22, it says, Without counsel, plans go awry. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. So what's the difference between counsel and opinion? I'm glad you asked. So I want you to write these things down for just a moment and maybe meditate on these things this week and, and take a self-examination, just an interest, become introspective, if you will, and see if you are being driven by and governed by, and influenced by, opinion or counsel. All right? Proverbs 19.21 says, There are many plans in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the Lord's counsel, that will stand. Number one, counsel is invited. Opinion is imposed. Counsel is invited. Opinion is imposed. Number two, counsel stands. Opinions change. Counsel invites truth. Opinion blocks truth. I mean, one of the most dangerous roads you can go down is, well, I think, well, how's that working for you? Well, I think, okay. So, we all think. But do we always need to say it? And are we being driven by it? Counsel invites truth. Counsel guides opinion judges. Counsel guides opinion judges. How about this one? Counsel unites Opinion divides. Hmm? Yeah. Because opinion has come to the forefront of so many lives, this is why we live in a divided country. Council unites. Council enlarges. Opinions shrink. The life gets smaller and smaller and smaller through opinion. And you know what? You can miss out on key friendships, key relationships, because you listen to someone else's opinion about that person before you ever met them. Amen. An opinion is often 
given or driven because by, or by people who think too highly of themselves uh, or think too lowly of themselves or let's just be honest, think too often of themselves. Hmm? So be careful not to be surrounded by small living people. Who are your friends? Who are you listening to? What's governing your thinking and believing? Let it be the pure, unadulterated Word of God. Let His counsel influence you. Bring it into your life. Believe it. Speak it. Think it. Declare it. Therefore, live it so that your life, so that your soul can take your whole life on a safe, prosperous, and blessed journey because that is God's desire for you. It is His desire for you. And the Scripture says that the Word is life to those who find it and health to all of their flesh. It is the answer for every part of who you are, spirit, soul, and body. So maybe you're here today and you need healing in your body. It's here for you. That counsel of the Lord is higher than any opinion or report of man. All right? We've seen it time and time again. We've seen people receive bad reports from doctors. And I love doctors. and We thank God for them. But thank God also they're not the final word. Amen? That we believe the word of God, and it's true, and it stands forever. And we know that he sent his word, and he healed us, and he delivered us from our destruction. We also know that Christ bore our sins upon in his body on that tree, and that by his stripes we are the healed. This is not a question with God. He settled the issue when his son's body was broken so our bodies could be made whole. Amen. So there's your counsel today. That's what you can be established in, what God has said above any opinions of man. I mean, because men, you know, we're just faulty that way. I heard about a guy who went to a doctor, and, and the doctor told him, he said, well, you, you better get your business in order. He said, you got three months to live. And the man said, well, I, I need to get a second opinion. He said, okay, well, you're ugly too. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> our, opinions, our opinions are faulty. And so we have something greater, something more sure, a more sure word. That's what Peter said about it. He said, we heard a voice booming out of the heaven saying, this is my beloved son. He said, but we have a more sure word of prophecy than that. More sure than God talking out of you from the, out of the sky at you? Yeah, it's this written word. It's the written word that you have in, in, in your phone, your iPad, your Bible, wherever. So give yourself to it fully. Let it be what drives you. Let it be what you are willing, that you want to share with others over your own opinions. Amen? And this is what will garnish and bring peace, garner peace for garner. <laughs> Speaking of, there they are. The garners are here. So let's pray for just a moment. If you would just bow your heads. Father, I want to say thank you for this time together, Lord, that we, we would be people. Lord, we're coming into homes this week where families are gathered for this season of Thanksgiving, and we do thank you for this time. And Lord, in the, the, this, these kinds of settings, there are lots of opinions usually expressed when families gather together. Opinions about who's going to win the football game. Opinions about the food. Opinions about each other. But Lord, I pray that everyone here would be those who would bring peace. Who would bring counsel. Godly counsel and wisdom. And I thank you, Father God, that we have a choice here. You've given us this responsibility, this privilege as well of free will to choose. 
the responsibility is that we need to make a choice. Whether we're going to live by the Spirit or live by the flesh. We're going to live by opinion or we're going to live by the Word of God. And today I want you, just where you're sitting right now, maybe you just need to make some corrections. All right? Which is, that's what repentance is. It's correcting your thinking. It's to change your mind. Maybe you've been one of those who just say what's on your mind all the time. I can't help it. That's the way I think. You can help it. All right? And help us all by not sharing it all the time. All right? Be one of those who, today, you make a commitment. I'm going to be governed by the Spirit of God. I'm going to let the Word of God be the final say in my life. And if my opinions don't align with it, my opinions are done. Because God wants to take you on a peaceful, safe, prosperous, blessed, healthy journey. So be established. You commit to the Lord. The scripture says your works, what you do to the Lord and your thoughts will be established. You trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Amen. So today just receive the wisdom of God. Just say, Lord, I, I want con- your counsel. I want to be governed by your counsel and wisdom. I don't want to be governed by opinion. Help me, Lord, in that. Give me strength. Give me courage. Give me, give me understanding and insight on this so I can live a peaceable life. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And maybe today you're here and you need a touch in your body. You need healing. All right? I want to pray for you. If that's you, just raise your hand right where you are. I want to, I want to pray for you that need you got any kind of physical pain or healing or, or sickness or disease or whatever, or maybe you want to just stand in for someone. You know, you've got a loved one or a friend, somebody you, you're thinking about right now. Just raise your hand there. Lord, I thank you right now. Thank you right now. You see these hands here, Lord? And Lord, I thank you that your healing is at work today. And I just speak to every one of these bodies right now, every tissue and every cell and every fiber of their being, that it would operate, it would function at peak proficiency according to how you created it to function, God, by your design. And I do declare what your word says. You sent your word. It's your word that brings healing and healed them and delivered them from their destruction. As David said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your disease, who redeems your life from destruction. Thank you for that now. These lives are redeemed. These bodies are redeemed from destruction. I speak life and that more abundantly in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen and amen. Praise God. We love you very much, and I want to say happy Thanksgiving. Don't forget, don't come here Wednesday. I mean, you can, but you, like Kayla said, you're going to be by yourself. Enjoy your, your holiday, and I pray for safe travel for you as well, that God would give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways in the name of Jesus. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you and cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you and give you peace in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.